Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You're listening to the Qalam Podcast. Qalam is an organization that is dedicated to making Islamic knowledge accessible to everyone. Alhamdulillah, Qalam has been able to serve so many people all across the world in so many ways. And now, Qalam has the opportunity and the ability to take its work to the next level. Qalam now has the ability to expand its offerings to people all across the world in so many different ways. Qalam is acquiring a campus, a home, where we can continue to do the work that we do and in fact increase what we do. But we need your help, we need your support to make that dream a reality. Go to qalamcampus.com and donate generously. Every single person listening to this podcast benefiting from Qalam, I need you to go there and donate and share that link far and wide and let's all of us come together, invest into our sadaqah jariyah and take this work to the next level. Jazakumullahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Now enjoy the podcast. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wassalatu wassalam ala sayyidina wa nabiyyina wa maulana Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Allahumma alamna ma yanfa'na wa yanfa'na bima alamtana wa zidna ilma. Rabbana zidna ilma, Rabbana zidna ilma, Rabbana zidna ilma, Ya Allah. Allah, we ask you to increase our knowledge. Ya Allah, we ask you to give us knowledge of those things that will make us closer to you, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Ya Allah, we ask you to make this a gathering by which we are uh, encouraged to grow closer to you, uh, to give up our ways of life that, are, that bring us away from you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask you for your love. We ask you for the love of those actions that will gain your love. And we ask you for the love of those people that you love, insha'Allah. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. So we're on our uh, third session of the journey where we're talking about uh, this journey into the Akhirah from the moment that a person is leaving. And before we start, I want to make sure our intention is in the right place. Um, I, I read a quote that really hit me hard. I read it like, like on like Monday. So alhamdulillah, I've been on a high for a minute. You know what I mean? Alhamdulillah. So this quote was, imagine that you've already stood before Allah. You've already stood before Allah, but you messed up. And so you asked Allah for another chance and he gave it to you. So imagine right now you're living that second chance. Imagine right now at this moment, you asked Al-Iqala, like, Ya Allah, send me back. And he was like, okay, go back. You got one more chance. When I read it, it really set the stage for what we're studying because the purpose, you know how they say like hindsight is 2020 vision? And the idea is like somebody who lived life already, when you go through it and you look back at college or you look back at high school, you're able to reflect it like, oh, I know what I should have did. So hindsight is 2020. It's beautiful that the Prophet ﷺ has given us the perspectives of what's coming because we're afforded the perspective of hindsight without actually living through it. You feel me? Nah, y'all ain't get it. Look, y'all ain't get it. We didn't, we didn't get there yet. We didn't get to the, the, to the qabr yet. We didn't get to the grave yet. We didn't get to the angels pulling our soul out yet. We don't, we don't know, right? But by the Prophet telling us about what people are going to say, what they're going to experience, it's as if we're benefiting from hindsight, vision, like, oh, this is what some people will say. Well, what's the benefit of that? The benefit is that you get to live life now 
as if you already know what's going to go down over there. And so the reason I, I just wanted to share that, that quote, like live life today as if you already stood before Allah and you messed up and you were like, give me a second chance. He's like, all right, you got a second chance. Go back. Live today and this moment on and every day you wake up as if it was a second chance and you already were sent back. When I read that, it just hit me like, subhanAllah, like really take advantage of what we're living here today. So we're talking about this transition into the Akhirah. And the reason is, again, so we can see this and it's right in front of us and we can live our lives as if we already know what's in head, ahead of us and we do know what's ahead. Now, the thing that we mentioned last time, I'm going to catch us up. Some people may not have been here. I'm just going to catch us to where we were. The first thing we mentioned is that the transition out of this world is a difficult transition. A person has been in this body. All transitions are difficult. A child coming into the world is a difficult transition. So us leaving the world, the soul separating from the body is also a, a difficult transition. Now, last week we talked about Imam Ahmed. Imam Ahmed was on his deathbed. And as he was passing away, I'm going to gloss over this because we went over it last week. He was passing away and his sons are around him and they're like, Baba, say la ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah. And he keeps saying la ba'du, la ba'du. No, 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 later, no, later. He keeps saying that. So when he wakes back up, now this is what I want to highlight. Imam Qurtubi says that this transition when a person is on their deathbed and they're leaving the world, it's kind of like sleep. You know how like... Some of us, we fall asleep like a rock. You know what I mean? You lay your head down. You out, right? Never mind. Forget it. But some of us, we got to go through a whole procedure. We got to do this. We got to do that. Imam Qurtubi says the transition from life to death is very similar to the transition from being awake to going to sleep. Like you're in between. There's a point where you don't really remember when you were awake and you don't really remember when you were asleep. And so Imam Ahmed, when he's, he's in that transition, he kind of wakes back up as if like he wasn't asleep yet. And he was like, well, what was going on? And he was like, I was seeing shaitan. And at that time, this is what we talked about last week. And I wanted to reiterate this point that shaitan knows that it all comes down to that buzzer beater right there. That last moment, however you live your life in that last moment will be the whole, will, will predicate everything that happens after. And this is based off a hadith of the Rasul Sallallahu Whoever dies in a certain way, they will be resurrected in a certain way. And to me, that hadith is powerful because it's about getting your life, because I don't know when I'm going to die. So that means every moment I got to be like, yo, what if I die right now? What if I, yo, what low key, I'm in the car driving and like, yo, what am I doing right now? And, and sometimes when you start thinking about this deep enough, you know, yeah, I keep it real. Some of y'all, I know, I see new faces. So some of y'all might kind of be taken back. Like, I keep it just real. You feel me? But I just keep it real. So when I was a kid, my mother, you know what I mean? May Allah increase her and guide her to Islam. Thank you, I mean. She used to tell me, oh, man, I can't share everything with y'all, man. <laughs> Suburb heads, yo. Okay, so my mom used to say, whenever you leave the house, make sure your socks are clean. I'm going to just keep it easy. Make sure you, I got African-American mother, okay? She's a lot like the, you know, Arab mothers and the Desi mothers. She used to be like, make sure your socks is clean. I'm like, why, mom? She'd be like, yo, you never know what's going to happen today. And I'd be like, what is she, mom, that's weird. You weird, what, what you saying? So lo and behold, one day, 
I'm going to get to the Kortubi. Give me a second. <laughs> Lo and behold, one day, I was out with my friends. We were having a good time. I was like 12 years old, and we were climbing a fence, and I cut my leg. And they rushed me to the hospital. I had to get stitches. So I'm sitting there, and the nurse, she says, take off your shoes. And I take off my shoes, and I got clean socks on. And my mother's right there. She's like, see, told you. <laughs> told you. Right? The reason I bring that up is because when you got this thing in your mind that today might be the day, you start to live like, yo, what if people are doing my ghusl tomorrow, yo? Yo, let me clean the car out real quick. <laughs> be real, yo. Let me clear the, clear the chat list. Let me clear that history. Yeah, clear that, joy. You know what I mean? If you start thinking like that, you start to be like, hold up, though, hold up. So I think this class is very powerful because it brings that reality to you and you start to live this life as if every moment. So Shaitan, that last moment, he knows that if he gets you in that last moment, you're done. And so as we mentioned, I'm not going to go over everything because it, we will be redundant, but he tries everything he could possibly do. Hatta to the point where he comes in the form of your mother and father and says that I didn't die as a Muslim, you shouldn't die as a Muslim either. Because he knows if he could get you in that last moment, then that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Now to die in a horrible state is called su'ul khatima, to have a bad ending. And this is a heavy topic, man. It's hard, I know it's hard. This whole class is hard, but this is what we need. As fitness get hard, the, the medicine has to be amped up too. So su'ul khatima is to end in a bad state. It's to die in a bad state. And the Prophet used to seek refuge. Oh Allah, protect me from dying in a bad state. And he used to make this dua, write it down. He used to make dua, Oh Allah, make my best actions the last one. Write that dua, know that dua. Oh Allah, make my best, best actions the last one. So let's get back into the journey. So the angels come and they begin to take out the soul. And as we mentioned, the hadith says, that when the Malakul Mot comes, the angel of death comes in different forms depending on how you lived. He, he, he in a way, is a, a anthropomorphizing your own way of life. He comes as a resemblance of who you were. If you were beautiful in this world, he comes beautiful. But if you lived in a wretched way, in an ugly way, then he comes in that way. And then he comes and he begins to take out the soul. And the hadith says that depending on who you are and how you lived predicates or it determines how your soul will come out. Now we mentioned the Prophet even had a difficult death. So Aisha said, it doesn't matter who you are, death will be hard. It's a transition. But what we do know is that the Prophet then taught that when the angel pulls, they begin to speak to this person, like, come, come. Ya tayyiba, Oh, you pure soul, come, come. Come, and they're pulling this soul out just to make it a little easier, just to make it out easy. And the Prophet says, and this soul will come out. Listen to this. It's so beautiful. Like water being poured from a, from a jug. You know how it just flows. But then the Prophet he said, but the, the sinful person, he says that it will be like a, a thorny stick being pulled through wet wool, wet wool. So imagine a stick with thorns on it and you're pulling the stick through it, through the cotton, he said. 
and it's wet and how it's clinging on and it's holding back. Think about it this way. Somebody asked Ibn Abul Hazim, they asked him, why do we hate death so much? And he said these beautiful words. He says, because you built up your dunya and you know kharab, kharabtum. You destroyed your akhirah. So you don't want to go to where you didn't get ready. So, so what this means is that some of the souls when this angel is coming is like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And it's clinging, 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 clinging. Until the, and now the angels are saying over and over again, Ukhruji. Ya ayatuan nafsul khabitha. Oh, you wretched soul. Come out. Come out. And they're pulling hard and they're pulling hard and they're pulling hard. We did this last week. I'm just recapping. So the angels pull this soul out. And now this soul is out, good or bad. And as this soul, and remember, the power of this class is you gotta, you gotta make it about you, yo. You gotta make what you're hearing about you. It's, it's gotta be you on this journey. If it's you on this journey, then it it hits hard. So now the soul is then handed over to two angels. And this is where we kind of, no, we, we did this last week as well. The soul is handed over to two angels. Now this is what I didn't go over. When the angel of death passes the soul over, it's time for him to dip. But a lot of us think of angels as really like robotic and they don't have feelings, but they do kind of have like a sense, a level of feelings. And so I came across this, this, this narration of the angel of death, what he says after he hands the soul over of the one who just passed away. Now picture, that person just passed away. All of us are in the house. Baba, mama, grandma, gra they just passed away. And we're in the house. The body is still there. And all of us, were crying, we're weeping. Like people are kind of like in, 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 in shock. Y'all know how it is, man. It's like, what's going on? So listen to this narration. When he takes the soul of a believer, he stands at the doorway of the house. And everyone in the house is just kind of like making noise. Dajjah just means like clamor. And you know how it is. Someone's in the corner crying like I mentioned before. Some people are just like hitting themselves. Oh my God, what's going on? Some of them are grabbing their hair. Some of them are like, oh, we're done. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Like everyone's in shock. And the angel of death, again, we always look at these angels as very um, robotic. But I want you to understand that we're dealing with a different creation here that's different than what we thought. And I want you to feel them on a deeper level. Because we're going to be dealing with these angels from this point on. So the angel of death, he goes, he does this as a day job. I had a buddy who, was, who, who worked for the IRS. And this dude was just kind of like, yo, man, like, I'm just doing my job, Habibi. Like, you're getting audited, yo. Like, don't hate on me, man. And he, his personality was such that he would, like, yo, he could, he could always give rules. Because he's like, yo, I'm used to this. People see me coming, they're like, yo, I hate this dude, right? But he's like, I know they don't hate me, really. It's just my job, right? So the angel of death, فَيَقُولُ الْمَلِكُ الْمَوْتِ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ فِيمَا هَذَا الْجَزَعَ He's standing at the doorway. He's looking at everyone. Your mom is crying. Your dad is crying. Everyone's all, everyone's going crazy. What's going on? The angel says, فِيمَا هَذَا الْجَزَعَ 
why is everyone tripping? For wallahi, he's like, I, I didn't shorten his life. I didn't take nobody's risk away. And I didn't oppress anyone. Like, why are you blame? I didn't do anything wrong. If y'all mad at me, this is the angel of death at the door. If y'all mad at me, I got a job to do. I got a job. One of the craziest parts to me about this journey is you know how you get a problem? Y'all already know Karen's when they go to the manager. Can I speak to the manager, please? Right? Yo, for real, for real. Seriously, this is crazy to me. You know how, like, whenever you got an issue, you always want to talk to the manager, right? And, the, and you have a comfort in your head that the manager will handle me in a different way than this person. One of the trippiest things about this journey is you never get access to the manager, yo. Somebody got it. The angels the whole time, like, nah, you're dealing with me, Habibi. I got to do my job. I want to talk to level up. No, no, no. I got this. I got this. So to me, it's kind of like when, when it's to me that feeling of like, this guy's got a job to do. I'm just another assignment. If I could just talk to the manager, I'd be good. The manager's like, yeah, you can't talk to me. You got to deal with this angel. And this angel's taking out your soul. He's just going to rip it out if you were such and such, but he'll pull it out slowly if you were such and such. Let me speak to the manager. No, no, it's over. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm the one in charge right now. And he pulls it. So he goes, if you're angry at me, you, you feel what I'm saying? Hate them. You see what I'm saying? Like, he's, I got a job to do, and I'm just going to do it. Because we always think we can talk our way out. Uh-uh. Yeah, I'll come to it later. He goes, I have a job to do. He's like, if you're just mad about death, well, that's written. If you're angry with your Lord, well, that's kufr. Why are you angry? This is the angel at the door talking to us, but we don't hear it. Now, this is the part that hit me. He goes, and guess what, y'all? He's at the door. He goes, guess what? I'm coming back. I'm coming back, angel of death at the door. I'm coming back. And guess I'm going to come back again. I'm going to come back to this house again. The prophet said to him, he goes, man, if y'all could just see him, you wouldn't even think about the dead person no more. You'll be done. You'll be done. It's over. What else? So we didn't go over this. This was a new thing. And I thought that by talking about this hadith, this narration, it really brings to life that moment. The soul has been, just been taken away. The soul has been handed over to these angels that are now going to ascend. And now we're going to go back into that ascension and talk about that for a moment here. The ascension up. We talked about this a little bit, but there's parts of it that we didn't cover. So I'm going to go over that. So now at this point, I want everyone to understand. At this point, at this point, everyone's journey is slightly different. When I read these narrations about what's going to happen, you may hear something, oh, that's a little different than this. That's because each person is slightly different. The big, every stage, the big stages we all go through. But what happens on the way is slightly different. Just the same way that angel coming out, how the angel looked, all of those things, slightly different for each person based on our actions. So listen to this. As for the people of Felicity, the people of, of paradise, 
the angel will say to them, say Yerubiha, the, 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 the angel will say to those angels, take this soul up and, and, and show him around. Now we already talked about last week, he's taken up each level. And as he goes to each level through, through the heavens, the, the angel at the door goes, who's there? And the angel taking us up goes, oh, it's such and such, such and such. And if, you're a, if you are a righteous person, then each time you go up, they're like, oh, welcome, marhaban bik. Come on through, yo, we've been waiting for you. And if this person was a wretched soul, they filled with sins, as they're ascending, they keep saying, no, we don't want you up here. We don't want you up here. Now listen to this narration. فَيَسِيرُ بِهِ فِي الْجَنَّةِ عَلَىٰ قَدْرِ مَا يَغْسِلُ الْمَيِّتِ So while this person is on earth, the body is, 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 is dead. Until the person is washed and put in the coffin, the soul is taken on this journey up to Allah if it makes it. And we're gonna talk about how everyone won't make it. Up to Allah and then brought back down into this body. So that's where we're at right now. When the body is washed and the shroud is put on, this is you. Your soul is brought back and it's put in between the shroud and your body. So it's like, ch ch check it. It's like your body is here, the shroud. Y'all know what the shroud is, right? And in between that is the soul. It comes back down and placed in there. It's not actually back into the body quite yet. That doesn't happen until you're put right into the grave. So then what happens? Y'all with me? Yo, it's heavy, right? <laughs> when they pick up the grave after we pray and everyone picks up the casket, then at that point, the soul has already come back. So now the soul can hear what everybody is saying. Now to me, this is heavy, yo. This is heavy. Because if there's one thing we all hate is to be shamed, man. To be embarrassed. And now we're listening, but we're gone. So when it said, when I read this, everyone speaking good, you hear that. And everyone speaking evil, you hear that as well. How did you live? How did you live? He come, the body is brought to the grave. And I'm going to go in more detail with all of these stages in a minute. We pray janazah. Now, the, the, the soul is placed back into the, uh, into the actual body. And the person sits up. And now we move on to the next and final test where the two angels ask the questions. Before we go there, let's go forward a little bit more. I want to go back to this pulling out and I want us to, to get a deeper picture of it. The hadith says, as for the disbeliever, he's taken forcefully and the angels say, come out, you filthy soul in a filthy body. When I read that this week, it hit me different. Because Islam focuses on external and internal purification. Meaning you can be praying in the masjid, giving sadaqah, doing hajj, umrah, everything. But in your heart, you sitting there hating, backbiting people. Why is she wearing that scarf? Why my man always trying to sit in the front? He thinks he's whatever, yo. Hey, salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Putting all the extras. But inside, khabis. You feel me? So the beautiful part is the angels... You can't play them. The angels, they say, oh, come out, O you khabith ruh fi khabith jasad. You feel me? Khabith means like filthy. 
which goes to show all of us in this life, we have to focus on spiritual purity, but also the physical purity as well. My actions got to be right, but my heart's got to be right too. You could be in the first stuff, but if you backbiting people, what's that, man? I'm going to talk about that specifically. So what happens next? So, uh, so let's go forward. So, he says that this soul is being pulled out and this soul screams like a, a, the braying of a donkey. SubhanAllah. So then the angel pulls it out. And what does he do? He throws this person over to Zabania. Zabania are the name. And this is where I was like, you know how you want, like maybe speak to your manager. You know, like Zabania are the angels that are specifically in charge of punishment. You can't talk to them. There's no debate. I don't know you. You're an assignment for me. It's heavy, man. He hands these, this, this soul over to those angels of Zabania. And qibahul wuju, and a horrible looking face. Sud thiab, black clothes on. Muntahar ra'iha, horrible stench coming from them. Be A.D. him, and they have this, this cloth that they're going to put the soul in, made out of thick wool. The hadith continues. The person is taken up. Now, this was this disbeliever or a wretched soul. He gets to each level. They say, who are you? Who's with you? He goes, this is Fulan, son of Fulan. And they use some horrible nicknames for him. So the angels at the door, they go, la ahlan wa la sahlan wa la marhaban. No, no, no. We don't want him here. We don't want him here. You can't get in. You know what this just, I just thought about? Sometimes people, when we live in our jahiliyyah, we're trying to get into places where you got to be exclusive to get in. Getting into those places might not let you get into this place, though. Because these angels, they got bouncers, too. We're just keeping it real. And maybe getting into some places may make you not able to get in that place. I want these bouncers to be like, yo, come in. I'm man, Mikael. Let's go. Heard about you. You know what I mean? So, inshallah, man, for real. Now, listen to this. This is new. We didn't do this last week. When they reach a heaven and the angels are like, nope, we don't want him here. Remember, I said each soul has a different journey. The best of the best, their souls are taken all the way to Allah. Allah gives them glad tidings and says, please, we want you to go back to your body. You'll come back soon. Not everyone makes it that high, even believers. So now when the angel hears that this soul isn't welcome, the hadith says, the hadith goes, says, uh, oh, Muhammad. When this angel that was taking this person up, hears this, he lets go, oh, yo, get away. I don't want to touch you. He lets go of the person. And this person falls back down to the earth, into the body. When the body, when the soul comes back down to the earth, the angels grab this person and take him to Sijin. Sijin is another name for prison. Sijin, Iliyin, it's in one of the surahs, Mutafifin, where the records of the righteous are kept or the righteous records of the treacherous are, are kept. He says, so his soul is taken there. And now, this is the part I really want to focus on. Imam Qurtubi goes, so the believer goes all the way up, some of them, and... The, the one that didn't believe in Allah is stopped right at the first. What about all of us? May Allah protect us. What happens to the regular? Like, 
Where are we? So look, As for the believers that were negligent, مقصر means you, you could have did better. They're all going to be different. So not everyone in here will have the same journey. You got to reflect on your life. There are some people who their salah is going to push them back down. Why? Because they didn't take care of their prayer. And the prayer says, you wasted me, so I'm going to waste you. You wasted me, I waste you. And so this person is trying to ascend, but the salah pushes them back down. Then it says, Some people's zakat pushes them back. Why? They gave zakat, but only so people could be like, oh, this person's so you know, generous. Some people, their, their fasting pushes them back. Why? Because <laughs> they were fasting from food, but backbiting people. And he continues to continue. Some people, their hajj, different actions. Some people, their, their, their righteousness to their parents will push them back. Whatever it may be, different people will get to different levels and then push back down to their soul. So then what happens? Now, when the soul comes back to the body. Now, I need us to understand something. You know, so like, this soul has been, even a person that has elevated a, a righteous soul, they came out, the, the angels were like, yeah, but they got to a certain point and they were pushed back down. So this person knows that I'm good, but he's, it's still very scary. You feel me? Like, it's, it's kind of like, I don't know what's happening next. But they got that glad tiding. So look what happens. So, Now that soul is brought back to the body. Is everyone with me? Is everyone with me? Y'all feel me, right? Soul went up, taken up, taken up, some all the way up. Some first level go back, right? Some went up, 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 and certain actions pushed them back down. But they were still good. But they just couldn't make it all the way up. Cool. Now that soul went back to the body. That's where we're at right now. So now the soul is brought back to the body. And back on earth, people are washing this body. And if we look at the narrations, the narrations tell us that the Prophet he said, when the janazah is placed down, الجنازة, the, the person that passed away, and people pick it up. So where are we on the journey, y'all? Where are we at? Huh? They already washed the body. Where's the soul at right now? It's in between the shroud, exactly. In between the shroud and the, in the body. So everyone's in the masjid. We just prayed salat, and now we pick up the person, right? So this person, the soul and the body are there together. That's what I need us all to understand. By this point, they came back. So everyone has it. This is the hadith of Rasul. If this was a righteous soul, Yo, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. What y'all taking so long for? This, is, this soul already knows I got goodness ahead of me. This soul already knows, like, yo, the angels pulled me out smooth. I went up to the heavens. Everybody was like, you smell mad good, yo. What kind of enter you got? you like, yo, that's just, yo, that's the mu'min sweat right there, yo. That's that believer sweat right there. What you know about that? 
So this person knows. So now he's back in the body and he's saying to everybody, قدموني, قدموني. This, yo, we got to be wise. Everyone in here is young heads. We, they, we got customs in our families. They be like sending bodies overseas, waiting like a week because uh, I moved from such and such got to come. And, 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 and my move from such and such got to come. Nah, y'all. The body is supposed to be buried quick because that, that person is like, yo, uh, he could come to my grave. I'm trying to get there. Qaddimuni, qaddimuni. So it's important for us to know, yo, as a family member, you got to be like, hey, y'all, Sheikh said, Hadith said, we supposed to do this quick. Quick. Alhamdulillah, our grandmother passed away, man. Like, she died on a Juma, man. Like, Juma on Thursday night. They prayed Juma. They prayed Juma. What are we waiting for? She's ready. She's tired of this dunya. I read one narration I was going to share with you, and this is the perfect place to share it. It says, When the believer sees the malaika, the angels now, they say, You want to go back? He goes, To that spot? The place of worries? Nah, nah, I'm good. I'm good. You want to go back? Like, yeah, yeah, send me back, man. Let me go back. We get another chance. So the Prophet him, he said, we pick it up, now you can hear the janazah saying what? Hurry up, hurry up. Then what happens? If it isn't a righteous soul, may Allah protect us. This is crazy, yo. If it wasn't a righteous soul, then it goes, where are you taking me? Where are you taking me? Where are we going? Where are we going? It has no clue what's up ahead. And, and y'all know, man, when you go on a journey you've never been before, it, takes, it seems like it takes way longer than coming back. Because the unknown is scary, man. The unknown feels like it takes forever. Just waiting. So this soul is saying, where are you taking me? Where are you taking me? Yes, This is crazy. The prophet said, every creation can hear this soul except for humans and jinn. And the Prophet ﷺ, he then said, and if you could hear it, it would, we'd pass out from hearing it. So this casket is being carried, and all the creation, angels, all these other things, they hear it. But the Prophet ﷺ says, but Allah has protected us from hearing that. Because we wouldn't function. He goes, you wouldn't even be able to function in this dunya. So now the, the body is being carried. Where are you taking me? Where are you taking me? Now as we're going to the janazah, there are, there's a hadith. The Prophet ﷺ, he says, what follows you to the grave? We're driving to the, we're driving to the janazah, we're driving to the qabr stand, to the qabr. Maqbara, we're driving there. Qala Rasul Three things are following behind your casket, each and every one of us. Three things behind Mikael's casket. Two of those things will go back. They ain't going to stay with you. And one of the things will stay right there with you in the grave. Right there with you in the grave. There was a scholar, forget his name. He taught another student of his for 30 years. After 30 years, he goes, yo, I'm old. You've been with me for 30 years. Tell me something you learned from me. He said, Sheikh, I learned eight things from you. What? 30 years, eight things? These better be good. <laughs> These better be good. One of the things he said, You've taught me that everything and everyone we love will forsake us one day. 
So therefore, I have learned to love righteous actions because it's the only thing that's going to stick with me. Now, it's not hitting you yet. You know why? These righteous actions, we're going to read a narration in a moment. These righteous actions, your prayer, your waking up for, for Fajr, your staying up for Isha, anything, everything, it comes in the grave and protects you. I, I, I don't think you get it, man. I don't think you feel it. Like, that Fajr that you were doing and waking up for, like, oh, man, I got to get up. I got to get my Usr. I got to pray. I got to do this. The prophet says that you're in the grave and punishment is coming, and this beautiful person is next to you, and you're like, yo, who are you? He's like, Habibi, I'm your Salah, yo. I'm your Salah. I got you. I got you. We're going to get there now, but I just want us to understand your, your connection with actions. What do I say when I start this halakha? Oh, Allah, we want your love. Oh, Allah, we want the love of people that love you. But what do we want? The love of the actions that you love. Because those actions come in a physical form. What will your salah look like? I don't know. I hope in mine is handsome dude, big dude, strong. Depending on how strong my prayer was. Depending on how strong my prayer was. I heard this one narration of a sheikh in a dream he saw. It's no hadith. In a dream he saw that he had died already. He had died already. And he saw this snake coming after him. I heard this, I heard this a long time ago when I was a student. And he saw this snake. And the snake keeps coming at him, and he sees this old man standing next to him. So he runs, he goes this way, he sees the snake coming, and the old man is there. Then he runs a different way. Every way he's coming, he sees the snake, huge. Finally, finally, he looks at the old man. He's like, yo, who are you? He's like, I'm your righteous deeds, but I'm too weak, man. I can't even help you right now. I can't even help you. I see the snake. I want to help you. But I'm too weak. You never focused on me. What I, the reason I'm saying that is like the actions can become more, more human-like to you. Somebody's like, yo, we're going to miss Asr. You're like, yo, I love Asr. That's my boy right there. Asr? Nah, yo, that's my Habibi right there. You feel what I'm saying? It's a different connection. Oh, no, yo, we, we, we might miss our Quran this morning. Quran? Nah, I love Quran, yo. That's my man. That's my sister. I don't know, whatever. You, know what I mean? you feel me? Like, that's the relationship you want to have. We're going to get to that hadith. But what does this narration say? Three things will follow every, every casket to the grave, every one of us. Three things. Two of them go back, one of them stays. Your family comes with you. Your money comes, kind of. I mean, they roll in your cars and stuff, I guess, whatever, right? And then what else? Your actions. These are the three things that come with you. And guess what? Your sons, your daughters, your sisters, your mothers, they go back. They go back. Man, we'd be in the car driving from the Janazah already planning stuff for next week. Sahih? Yep. Money goes back, people go back. Only thing that stays with you in that grave is your actions. So learn to love righteous actions, yo. Learn to love righteous actions. But remember, everything, there's two sides of every coin. If you love evil actions, and evil means whatever the Rasul called evil, then they might be in that grave too with you, man. 
right there next to you. So, so learn to hate those and learn to love those. And that's, what, that's one of the lessons here. So now we're traveling. Uh, three things follow. Now we are at the grave. This is the next stage. So for those of us on this journey, I don't know what stage this would be, but we are at a major stage at this point. We're at the stage of the actual qabr. Um, whew, it's a big one. So what is qabr? Qabr means the grave. Um, qabr is just a state Everything after death until Qiyamah. Because a lot of people came up to me after Halakha. They're like, what if a shark ate me? Like, where's the Qabr, right? Like, whatever. No, for real, it's a good question. The scholars already mentioned it and stuff, right? So the physical body presence or not doesn't affect this. this we're in a different dimension. It's a different dimension. So those things don't affect. But scholars have written extensively about things like that. So anyways, so we're in the Qabr. What does Qabr literally mean? It means what in Arabic? Grave, right? But we're, it's a stage. Does that make sense? It's a stage that you're at. Everything before what? Qiyamah and after? Death. Exactly. Look at y'all. MashaAllah. Right? So everything after death and before Qiyamah is called the Qabr. The other word for it is Barzakh as well. Right? In between. So where are we at? So we're at the Qabr. What is the Qabr? Low key, y'all. The Qabr is the last test of the dunya. I'm going to say that again because I really want you to hear what we're saying. The Qabr is the last test. So the whole life was a test. The whole life was a test. But the final exam is the Qabr. And this final exam has three questions. Before we get to that, hold up. Uthman bin Affan. Uthman bin Affan. There's a narration here. Uh, where's the narration? Uthman bin Affan. He used to, uh, it's narrated that, Kana Uthman radiallahu an. Whenever Uthman would come to a grave and had to bury someone, he would cry until his whole beard would become like wet from his tears. So somebody said to him, they're like, yo, whenever you talk about Jannah, Jahannam, Hellfire, Heaven, you don't cry that much. But whenever you, you talk about the, the grave, you cry like a baby. Why? What's up with that? And he says, Qala, I heard. Qala in the Rasul Qala, The Qabr is the first stage, the first level, the first actual waypoint, checkpoint. Call it what you want. It's the first rest stop of the soul. And he says, What? If you make it here, Everything after is easy. So I, I want to reiterate this because everything we read up to now sounded heavy, but low-key, this is the heaviest moment right now. This is the heaviest moment. So the Prophet ﷺ, we were with the Prophet ﷺ at a janazah. He sat at the edge of the qabr. And he just started crying. And he made everyone else cry too. You know how it is, man. Sometimes someone around you you love is crying. You cry too. He was crying so much, the ground got wet. That's the Rasul He said, yo, brothers and sisters, this is what we're getting ready for. 
This is what we're getting ready for. This stage, as the person is brought to the grave, Imam Qurtubi, he narrates that the grave speaks. The grave welcomes the person or doesn't. Abdullah, Abdullah bin Ubaid bin Umar, he says, Allah gives the grave a tongue it speaks with. فَيَقُولُ You're there now. You're at the grave. Everyone is around. We're at that spot. He says, O Mikael, how'd you forget about me? Who's speaking right now? The grave. Don't you know I'm the... I'm, I'm the Al-Akla uh, is a termite or a, a, like a small bug, a duda. He goes, don't you know I'm the, I'm the house with insects in it? وَبَيْتُ wahda. I'm the house that you're alone in. وَبَيْتُ wahsha. Don't you know I'm the place that you'll be alone and scared in? Listen, after every prayer, the Prophet ﷺ used to make dua. Hear me out, y'all. The Prophet used to make a dua after every single prayer. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min athab al-qabr wa min fitnat al-mahya wa mamat wa min sharri fitnat al-masih al-dajjal. When I came to the halqa, I was like, I want everyone to know this dua. The Prophet, he used to say after, you know, uh, uh, what is it? After salah ala nabi sallallahu and then you read in the hamidun majid, the thing he would read next is, Oh Allah, protect me from the athab of qabr. Oh Allah, protect me from the adab, the punishment of the qabr. So let's continue on this, what's, what's going on at this moment. The narration says, The person is put into the grave, the grave begins to speak to you now. You're home now, you're welcome, you're here. And what does the grave say? O son of Adam, daughter of Adam, how'd you forget about me? Don't you know? I'm the place you'd be alone in, the house of loneliness. I'm the house of darkness. Don't you know I'm the true home? The point, the point, hold up. What's the point in this? Remember I told you hindsight is 2020? Right now you're like, oh, what's the big deal? Why? What's the big deal of me knowing that it's going to say this? It's because you're getting new, you're getting information about that now, yo. And you're getting information about what's going to go down in that exam hall right now, what it's going to be like over there, to prepare for it, to be ready for it. So the narration says, What happens if the believer, if it's a believer placed in the grave? Actually, let's read another narration. There's a powerful narration that, uh, that mentions what happens to the person when they're placed into the grave. Okay. Um, okay, so here we go. This is a very beautiful dua. It does back up, a, a very beautiful narration. It does back up, but it explains this moment in the grave in most detail. Anas bin Malik, he says, Indeed, when the servant is placed in their grave, so we're at that spot now. You all know where we are in the stages. And everyone leaves. Now, before we talk about everyone leaving, I want to talk about something here. Um, the Prophet ﷺ encouraged us to stay at the grave of the person who we just buried. And Sahaba used to say, there was one Sahabi, I forget his name. He used to tell his students, when I die, 
bury me, but don't leave as long as it takes to slaughter a camel, skin it, and distribute the meat. Now, I never did it before, but I did it with a cow, and that can take like five hours, yo. Low key. What is he saying? And the reason he said, he says, bika. So I can get used to where I'm at through y'all. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. You're in a new place. You just moved to a new city. You're in a new home. Who's the first person you call? Your mom. You go to a new place. You first thing you call is old friends. Why? Because you need to get comfortable there. You need to get comfortable. So we're in a new place. And this Sahabi, he used to say that don't dip out because, because I can hear your footsteps leave. And at that moment is when I start to get questioned. So I want you to stay there for four hours, yo. That's the least y'all can do for me. Stay there for four hours, read Quran, because I'm listening to you and I, I hear voices. I'm like, yo, that's my man Haytham right there. Ah, oh, that's my man Azmir right there. Ah, oh, like I, you hear people you know. So it calms you in this new place that you're at. I think this is very, very important for us to realize how real this loneliness in the grave is. That the Sahaba used to be like, yo, don't dip on me right away. Stay right next to that grave and keep me company so that I can answer. Now, let's go forward. The person is placed. People start to leave. This is the prophet's words, not mine. The person in the grave is hearing the footsteps of the people walking away. Walking away, people dipping. They're going home. I got to go to work. I only got a certain time for the janazah. But you're in the grave now. Atahu malakan. Here we go. The test. Final test. Atahu malakan. Two angels come. These angels' names are Munkar and Nakir. This word Munkar and Nakir means we've never seen anything like them. Completely unfamiliar. And every description of them is using language of stuff you've seen before. But how can you explain something with a language that is based on things you've seen, something you've never seen before, something unimaginable? Do you get what I'm trying to say here? You're using language. Everything I say, you've seen something. If I say love, you've seen love. If I say red, you've seen red. But how do I describe something that's unfathomable with language? You wouldn't be, it's just to get us close, to kind of get us close to the meaning of it. So Munkar and Nakir literally means something like you've never seen before. And we're going to look at descriptions. These angels come and they sit them up. So the person is laying flat and the angels sit this person up. The soul sits up right there in the grave. Here we go. Everyone's questions are slightly different. Now, I know y'all like, oh, I heard this hadith before. I'm going to read a number of hadith, and the reason is, you'll notice the Prophet taught it slightly different. And Imam Qurtubi says, and the reason is because all of us, our lives are slightly different. So the questions are all similar, but slightly different. Let me read through them. This narration says that the angels will say to him, What did you used to say about Muhammad? Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The believer goes, Rasulullah? Ah, no, no, that's my prophet of Allah. Look over there. You see that? 
and he'll see this, this portal, this window, this wormhole to Jahannam where he could see everything that's happening there. And they'll say, you see that? That was your spot right there in the hellfire. But it's not yours no more. Look over there now. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given that to somebody else. And you see that? That's your spot right there. The narration continues, Exactly, right? As far as the uh, hypocrite, you know, like, yo, y'all, you got to keep it real with yourself, man. The Sahaba used to see the tabi'een and say, y'all do actions that they're like a hair to you. But to us, that would have been a major deal. I read this narration. I wrote it down uh, on my notes. I'd be I'm like, all these notes, they're all spread out. I read this hadith, man. It was crazy. The hadith said, for the believer, their small sins bother them so much, it's like a mountain hanging over their head. But the munafik, their sins are like a fly. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, whatever. Move. You're messing up my hair. I don't know. You don't, no, the hadith is heavy. The, the, the believer is kind of like, yo, yo, I was slipping, man. Astaghfirullah. 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 I know it's hard, but we got to work to make that our level again, man. Doesn't mean you walk out of this masjid perfect. That means you walk out doing tawbah, man. Just like, Astaghfirullah, ya Allah. The Prophet literally said, 70 times a day, yo, if you sought forgiveness. Can you imagine if someone like did something to you three times a day and was like, yo, I'm really sorry though. It doesn't register for us. It really doesn't. We're kind of like, yo, that dude's tripping. He ain't sorry. The Prophet's like, no, no, you are truly sorry. It's 70 times a day you slip up. Allah will accept that tawbah, yo. I'm saying that because because cause, cause the reason we treat it like, treat, treat it like a fly, because it's like, oh, I can't do anything about it. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Turn to Allah with a sincere heart right now. Ya Allah, help me. Forgive me. I'm sorry. Who knows? You may, walk, may Allah give us life. But who knows what happens later on tonight? The last thing you did was tawbah, yo. Let's keep going. These hadith are crazy. So the munafiq and the kafir, both of them, they were lumped together, man. What do you say about this man? I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy, yo. I don't know. This is the trippiest part. I was just saying what everybody else said. I just watched Fox News. They said he was this. But you know what I really think this applies to? Sometimes, you know, I love, people hate on Muslims that grow up in the West. People hate, like, you know. But low-key, growing up in the West as a Muslim, if you hold on to it, you real, yo. You feel me? Over other places, majority Muslim, you just stroll with everybody, man. You just do what everybody's doing. Kunta aqulu ma yaqulu nas. I was just saying what everybody else was saying. So if you could walk through the valley over here in the belly of the beast and pray in public, Allahu Akbar, 
rock your scarf, I don't know, whatever. Be a Muslim. Hold on to your deen. Man, you chose it. You feel me? You chose it. Alhamdulillah. So this person will say, Kuntu aqulu ma yaqulu nas. I was just saying what everybody else was saying. I don't know. I was just saying, so check this. I read one scholar, he said, if this is a believer and they know the question, why don't they just front and lie? So I heard one scholar say that they know if they say he was a prophet, then the next question is why didn't you follow him then? Why didn't you follow? So they just go, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. You know what else this reminds me of? The extreme agnosticism we live in right now. You ask people nowadays, you know, really influencers, this and that. Oh, what about after? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There's nothing. I, I don't know. I don't have to have a decision. You can't debate them because you can't debate a person without a position. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You have no position. How am I going to debate you? You have no position. So how am I going to debate you? Right? So I don't know. I don't know. And um, I dealt with family members, man, that are just like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But that's what this person is going to say at that moment. So what happens next? فَيُقَالْ لَا دَرَيْتَ وَلَا تَلَيْتَ You didn't find out nor did you study. You didn't try to learn. You didn't seek to know about this. Is it Maghrib time? Hold on, hold on, hold on. We good, yo, we good. فَيُقُولْ You didn't know nor did you try to know. فَيُضْرَبُ so these angels begin to smash this person, may Allah protect us, with a, with a hammer. And this person lets out this scream. The hadith continues. I want to keep going. The person, this is another narration, but it goes in more detail. It goes in more detail. The angels go, what did you say? What was your religion? The person goes, Islam. They'll, be, they'll say, what do you think about this man? The person will say, oh, that's Muhammad. That's my prophet. He came with proofs. He came with the Quran. I believe in him. And then the narration goes, فَيُقَالُوا هَلْ رَأَيْتُ, هَلْ رأيت اللَّهِ Did you see God? فَيَقُولُ The person goes, no. مَا يَنْبَغِي لِأَحَدٍ Nobody can see Allah. فَيُفَرِّجُ لَهُ Here we go. At that moment, he passed. Exam is over. So at that moment, a, a portal, a hole, something is opened up. Uh, something is opened up so that this person can see towards uh, the fire of hell. And he can see the flames eating each other. It will be said to him, Look what God has protected you from. Look at it. Look. Look. You know how... Man, do you know how happy this man is? It's not just about looking at Jannah, because Jannah will be like, oh, I'm about to get that. But looking at hell first is like, alhamdulillah. You feel me? So then the narration goes forward. Next thing is a, a, a portal, a hole is opened up, and this person sees into Jannah. He sees everything in Jannah. And then the, the angel goes, look, that's your spot right there, yo. That's your spot right there. Maqadak. وَيُقَالُوا And the angels will say to this person, عَلَى الْيَقِينَ كُنْتَ 
وعليه مت وعليه تبعث إن شاء الله You died with certainty You lived with certainty So you'll be resurrected for certain May Allah give us that sincerity, yo Allah give us sincerity Make us give us yaqeen, yo Hold on, we ain't done وَيَجِلْسُ الرَّجِلُ السُّوءُ An evil person will be sat up فَزَعًا مَرْعُوبًا This person is confused Scared, what's about to happen? What were you doing in life? I don't know. Meaning, what was your religion? I don't know. I don't know. That's what they say in this world too. I don't know. Who is this man? Who are these prophets? This person will say, I heard people saying, I said what they said. I said what they said. Failed. This person, a portal will be opened to Jannah. And they will look at it. He will see it. He will see the splendor, the beauty, the people, colors you've never seen, all of these amazing things. He's looking at it. And the angels will close the portal and say, look, this is what you have missed out on. And then the portal, a hole will be opened towards the fire of hell. And then the angels will say, this is your place right there. You lived in doubt. You died in doubt. And you're going to be resurrected in a state of doubt. The narrations continue just a bit more, yo, just a bit more. At that point, he answers, this narration says he answers the questions correct. So the angels say, we knew you would say it correct. The angels had to be tough at first because they got a job to do. But when the believer answers them correct, you know, like the teach. never mind, I don't know, whatever, like, they, they knew, they, he, he had to be, like, serious, right? But then once you passed, he's got a different persona with you. So the angels, they go, They go, we, now, this switches to the, we're back at the person that answered correctly. You with me? We're going to pray in a minute, stick with me. They say, oh, we knew you were going to answer the correctly, the answer's correct. Then this person's grave is opened up 70 meters all around and filled with light. So I need y'all to understand that this person in the grave is, is the grave becomes either a pit of hell or a room of Jannah. You feel me? That grave becomes one of those two. At that point, it's widened at that point. So look what he says, and this, we can probably end here. He goes, he goes, he goes, they say to him, rest. I love this because you know how we've like rest in peace. The angels go, Nim, sleep, rest, chill, relax. You just, yo, we worked hard in this dunya, y'all. This ain't easy. The rest of the creations were like, oh, free will can possibly go to hell. No, nah, I'm good. I'll be a tree. <laughs> no, low key, I'm for real. They're like, no, I'll pass. We got a tough job here. And so when you pass the test, everybody's doing your service. Like, yo, you the man, you the sister, yo, you a queen. It's the real queen. So the angels, they say, Nim, sleep, rest a bit. Kick your feet up. This person goes, no, 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 hold up. He's like, yo, let me go back and tell my fam what happened. Because, you know, like we always want to share the news. We always want people to know, like, let me tell my son I'm okay. Let me, let me, 
Subhanallah. And, and you know, wallah, we don't know how this realm works, but how many scholars, I think it was Imam Muslim, somebody saw him in a dream after he died. We got to end with this probably. Somebody saw Imam, Imam Muslim in a dream after he died. And they said, how did Allah treat you? And he said, yo, all my books, all my writing, none of it mattered. What? Yeah, my lectures, my books, my this and that, podcast, this, book, that, none of it counted. So what happened? He goes, one day I was writing and a fly landed on the nib of my pencil. And you know those pencils you dip, you know what I mean? And so I looked at the fly and instead of pushing it away, I let it drink until it flew away. And when it flew away, I started writing. Allah saw that mercy I had on the fly and said, for everything you've done, you've been forgiven for that mercy you had. Jannah is yours because of that one action. One action. You don't know what it is, y'all. You don't know what it is. You don't know what small deed is going to make Allah happy. So this person here, he goes, let me go back and tell my fam I'm good. The angels are like, فَيَقُولُ Nim. <laughs> ah, sleep like it's wedding night. The sleep that the only one that wakes you up is the most beloved person. When you wake up wedding night, you know, it, was this all a dream? You wake up, you look up, you're like, oh, Habibti, Allah. I wasn't dreaming. I thought I was dreaming. I thought I was dreaming. So, so he, the hadith, the Prophet said the angels will go sleep like, the, like, a, like a groom, like a bride. There's such a sleep that the only one that will wake you up is the most beloved to you. And that's it. حَتَّى يَبْعَثَ اللَّهُ مِنْ مَذْجَعِهِ ذَلِكَ Oh, yo, we got to stop. So I, just one more thing here, I guess. Um, Adab al-Qabr, the Prophet Sallallahu he used to seek a lot of refuge from Adab al-Qabr, okay? Um, what I was going to talk about as well is like what punishments are happening in the, in the Qabr. And so we'll do that next week. Uh, again, in the grave. When I say in the Qabr, your mind should already understand it's a stage. So there was this one dream the Prophet had. I'm introducing it. I'll do it next week. There was one dream the Prophet had where he was walked through all of these punishments and some rewards. And he's like, who's this? Who's this? Who's this? And the angels are like, nah, bad, I'll tell you later. And these were the different punishments that were happening on, um, in the grave. And so we'll go through these, and then we'll talk about things that will protect us. But just so that we can have some action items, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he used to say explicitly, تَعَوَّذُوا بِاللَّهِ مِنْ عَذَابِ الْقَبْرِ وَمِنْ فِتْنَةِ الدَّجَّالِ Ya Rasulullah, what, what are you talking about? What should we do? The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he taught, that in your salah you say, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min adhab al-qabr wa min fitnat al-mahya wa mamati wa min sharri fitnat al-masiyah dajjal. Let's just make it easy. Everyone doesn't know Arabic. The point is that in every, after every prayer you ask Allah, oh Allah, protect me from the adhab al-qabr. Every prayer you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now there are other certain actions that are protection, um, but we'll look at those, I guess, next week. We've covered so much, mashaAllah. So next week we'll talk about the punishments that are happening in the grave the things pertaining to the punishments in the grave, the things that lead to the punishment of the grave. I mean, it's really scary, but uh, if we don't learn it, how can we protect ourselves? We benefit from that hindsight, which is 2020 vision, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, so I guess we can stop here. If there is one action item, 
I would say that learn the dua, oh Allah, protect me from the punishment of the grave. And the other thing I'm gonna say is, is realize that we know the three questions. Who is your Lord? Who is this man? What is your religion? We know those questions. But the only way you will be able to answer those questions is if you live that life. If you live that life. When we are placed in a difficult situation, the only thing that comes out is what is really inside. And so deep down inside, you ask Allah, you say, Raditu billahi rabba. I am pleased. Say this in your heart as I say it. Raditu billahi rabba. I am pleased with Allah as my Lord. I am pleased with Islam. Do I understand every ruling? No. Is every ruling easy? No. If it was easy and I understood it, where would the test be? That doesn't make sense. If it was easy and I understood everything, it's not a test. It just makes sense. So, Raditu billahi rabba. I am pleased with Allah. Do I understand everything He does in my life? No, but I'm pleased with Him. And I'm pleased with Islam. Do I understand it all? No, but I'm pleased with it. It's my way of life. Do you even do it all the time? No, but I still love it. I love to run. Do you run that much? No, I really don't, but I love it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wabi, Sayyidina Muhammad I am pleased with Muhammad as my prophet. Oh, do you follow him in everything? I try. So you still love him? Yep, I love him more than anything. Last thing I'm going to say is please make dua for our brothers and sisters in Philistine. Um, such a hard thing to watch, but realize this whole life is temporal. Make dua that Allah alleviate their suffering and difficulty. Um, realizing we're all on a journey. There's a young boy, his mother comes to roots often. Her name is Yasmin. Um, he's, his name is Yusuf, he's only eight. And they just found out yesterday that he has stage four cancer. Uh, life is <sighs> unimaginable. Uh, make dua for them. Make dua for them that Allah give them strength. May Allah give him shifa. May Allah give him shifa. May Allah give him shifa. You know, I, I heard one scholar, they said that children that have, you know, terminal illnesses or handicaps, they have a, a different relationship with it and understanding than if it was given in the elder age. When it comes older, it's kind of like, why Allah, why? But children, they handle it in a different way. So may Allah give him shifa. May Allah give the family uh, strength and sabr. Ameen. Give them sabr, inshallah. Uh, and may Allah protect us all from the adab al-qabr, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, let's pray salah. Subhanakallahum wa bihamdik. Nashadu ala ilaha illa ant. Nastaghfiru wa atubu ilayk. Subhanahu rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wassalamun alil mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alayhi.